you will be rather attractive one day. Not at all beautiful, you understand, but you have a certain prettiness, different from my other heads. I believe I'll lock you in the tower for a few years until your head is ready, and you can pass the time by listening to this episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Reflux capacitors, fluxing, crew to stations, scanning for, return to Oz, 1985. Prepare to rewind in three, two, one. Welcome rewinders and new listeners to the Retro Rewind Podcast, where we take a fresh look at movies and games from 15 or more years ago. I'm your captain of the pod, Francisco Ruiz, and I'm joined by your XO and mine, Paul, the soundboarder, master interrupter, Powers. Hey, Francisco, I just hope this is the right movie to cover, because if not, I don't think I'm the only one going bye-bye. Right? Also, for this discussion of the film Return to Oz, we welcome aboard for the first time pastor at Refuge Church, author of Cinemagogue, and co-host of the Popcorn Theology podcast, James Harleman. Hey, James. Hey, uh, before we get started, could you wind up my thoughts? Because uh, I think they're running a little low. Oh, sure. There, there go. we go. Do you need your actions wound up, too? No, they're good to go. Okay, awesome. Unless uh, I suddenly stop in the middle or something. I mean, then you'll you'll just know. Oh, yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> in addition, we're glad to have back aboard not a machine, but the administration officer of the pod, Ashley Ruiz. Hey, Ashley. Hey, I put on my best head for this occasion. I hope it looks <laughs> yeah, natural. Nice. Is it straight? Nice. Oh, is, it, yeah. is that the number four or the number 30? I'm not no, sure. No, it's number 36. Ah, See, okay. it has to coincide within one's natural age. <laughs> so. Yes, it looks very nice on you. Very Thank becoming. You. I'm glad you can't see the seams like you could oh, with Mombi. Oh, my gosh. Now they have a quick flyby of who we are. Paul, can you give us a quick overview of the production specs for Return to Oz? Sure. Return to Oz is an uh, animated uh, television special first aired February 9th, 1964, and runs 51 <laughs> minutes. It's directed by F.R. Crawley, Thomas Glynn, and Larry Romer. Really? By oh. Romeo Mueller, based on the novel by and L. Frank Baum. P- Paul, this is Return to Oz? Yes, Return I know, to Oz. I think I watched the wrong one. I watched the 1985 version that we talked about reviewing. Well, that's weird. <laughs> I was going to say, lucky for both of you, I read all the books, so we're oh, good. Oh, fantastic. Nice. Okay, great. We got Excellent. all our bases covered. Yeah. So did but, I watch the wrong one? Yes, you watched the all wrong right, one, Paul. hold on. Let me go watch the 1985 one? Yes, yes. All right. All right, Return to Oz, June 21st, 1985. Yes. This one runs an hour and 53 minutes and is rated PG, and it was directed by Walter Murch. Was also written by Walter, along with Gil Dennis, and based on the books by L. Frank Baum. See, it's the same movie. Oh, okay. With the, yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the lead stars being Feruza Balk, <laughs> Nicole Williamson, and Gene Marsh. The music was composed by David Shire. Are you ready for the box office trivia? I am ready. Ashley and James, are you guys ready? You know it. Okay. And everyone here live in chat is welcome to join in as well. Go for it, Paul. All right. Return to Oz was made for about $25 million and earned just over $10 million in the box office. Yikes. 
So given this fact, how high in the box office do you think it ranks among the movies released theatrically in 1985? And because this came out in 1985, we'll go for the top 85. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, James, what is your guess for where this ranks among other 1985 films? Oh, boy. I'm going to go low based on that. (laughs) And and I'm going to go, I'm going to go 81. 81. All right. Ashley, what do you think? That was the number that I was going to go with because I it was the year that you were born. I'm like, uh-huh. I can't go with mine, 86. I can't yeah. do it because it doesn't count. Yeah. So let's go with 72. 72. All right. Then in chat, it looks like no one's ever – it's a mystery. No one has any idea. And that's understandable because I have no idea either. I'm going to go with my lucky number 13, even though it's probably way wrong. Absolutely but. not. Do you know what movies came out in 1985? Well, Back to the Future for one. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, Paul, where did this actually end up among the other 85 films? This came in at 74. So Whoa, Ashley, well yes. done. Woo-hoo. Nice. Good job. All righty. Well, thank you for those factoids, Paul, and let's see if any of them factor into our memory mind meld or subsequent roundtable discussion, which we'll get into once Alice has located our target film. Alert! Alert! Approaching target. Spoilers are coming. Establishing analysis vector. It's just a yellow brick. No, Marina, you don't understand. This was... The yellow brick road. Remember Dorothy from Kansas? She's off on a brand new adventure with wonderful new friends. A talking chicken. Jack the Pumpkinhead. TikTok. The Gump. That was a novel experience, wasn't it? And more motion picture excitement than you ever thought possible. Return to Oz. Yes, more excitement than you ever thought possible. In fact, it's probably... Too much for us to remember, but alas, we did our best to account for all the things we remembered, and we put them together in our memory and mind meld synopsis for a return to Oz. Electric shock therapy sends discount Dorothy back to Oz. Wait, they're going? They're giving Dorothy electric shock therapy? Dang, this movie's going to be dark, like Dark Crystal. Dark. <laughs> Take notes, up-and-coming Tim Burton. Uh, Dorothy runs from the wheelers, finds a Chinese social media app to help her, and almost loses her head. Dorothy winds up that winds up that clockwork man, and my love of steampunk begins, even though the term steampunk wouldn't be coined until two years later. The water boy's girlfriend, wow, finds herself at the mercy of a head-swapping ruler and steals her baby powder to bring... Bring a moose-headed couch to life to help her and her friends escape from her clutches. Who her? Which her? I don't know. In the Gnome King's man cave, chicken lays egg in Mount King's mouth, Mountain King's mouth, and that defeats him because eggs are poison. And a blonde girl reappears, claiming to be queen. Yeah, I mean, none of that was inaccurate, except for a lot of it. Yes, that was decepted. But based on those memories as flawed as they were, what reign did they lead you to predict for this film before rewatching it? Classic, nostalgic, or tragic? Let's begin with James. What was your prediction for Return to Oz? Uh, well, I kind of went with nostalgic, and here's why. Oh, I, okay. I, uh, I remember loving it, but part of the reason I think I loved it was because I hated musicals. 
Oh, okay. And so just the simple fact, and, my, and actually the rest of my family loved musicals, and we must have watched the original Wizard of Oz like a billion times. Oh, okay. And my, and As so any my, good family would. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I hated that movie so much. I, I have, <laughs> yes. I have... I have repented of my hatred of musicals, so I, I have grown as a person. But so, so in light of that, I figured, all right, well, looking back then, I probably loved this film just to be contrarian. Oh, so gotcha. There might be a little more nostalgia here than than actual classic. Gotcha. Now I'm curious. You you you've uh, you've given musicals another chance. Do you still hate the original Wizard of Oz? Eh. I mean, I'll take, that as a, I'll take that as a yes. So we can be we can be buddies now, uh, James, because I don't like Blizzard of Oz either. Um, How many times have you seen the full movie, Francisco? Once was enough, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley, what was your prediction for Return to Oz? Tragic. <laughs> Tragic. Here's here's why. I'll, here's why. Mm -hmm. I have read all of L. Frank Baum's Oz books, mm -hmm. and this movie attempts to make a sequel to the original Wizard of Oz by making an amalgamation of two books. Mm -hmm. Some things mm -hmm. they got right, some things they got horribly wrong. And mm -hmm. from what I remember, I read the I've read through the fourteen books at least twice that I can remember. Wow! And <laughs> I have such a love of the books. Going back to this movie, the last time I watched it before this rewatch, it left a sour taste in my mouth, and I kept comparing everything back to the original source material, and mm -hmm. I just developed this hatred for this movie because everything just felt wrong. I, I can see that because I've also mm -hmm. read the books, and each mm -hmm. each of the two books that it's based on is a is a good enough story within itself that they could each do a movie by itself. Absolutely. So I understand I, that. That's true of so many of the books. Maybe not necessarily every last book in mm -hmm. the in the 14 book series, mm -hmm. but there's several standouts that you easily could have made. Absolutely. Yeah. That that makes sense. I have not read the books myself. James, have you read any of the Wizard of Oz books or Oz books? I, I have also read all of the books oh, and okay. And I also have a, a huge compendium of Scotty Young's uh, adaptation as Marvel Comics did. And nice. Oh, really? A wonderful adaptation If for, for people who can't actually read books but will read graphic novels, just to throw that out there. Well, that's cool. Um, Scotty Young's art is amazing. Yeah. And so there is there is a lot. So I'm, I'm quite familiar with them as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very, very cool. Okay. So I'm the sole, sole non-reader. I can't even read. <laughs> Paul, what was your prediction for Return to Oz? Um, tragic as well, not oh, okay. based on, on the movie adaptation, but just remember the, the times that I did watch it, not holding my interest enough to want to watch it again anytime soon. Oh, okay. That's fair for me. Uh, before I get to me, uh, in chat, let's see, uh, D-Tung says Ashley is correct. Okay. Uh, about, and then Dale says a uh, tragic was his prediction. Uh, for me, I actually, uh, predicted nostalgic because growing up i thought i, I maybe it was similar to you uh james i did not like the wizard of oz i i thought it was just dumb but this sort of appealed to me in some way i thought there's some adventure to it i thought the the wheelers always creep me out and i thought the the jack pumpkin had some of the other characters were cool especially tiktok i thought it was a cool character so that's why i uh predicted nostalgic but it'll be interesting to see if those predictions come true However, first we have to get into our discussion of things we liked most about Return to Oz. So let's spin up our... Best bits. 
Yes, our top three things. And let's begin with James. What's one thing you liked about Return to Oz? <laughs> oh, my. Here's here's where the fight begins. Um, okay. Already. <laughs> Already. Ding, ding, ding. Let's go. Well, <laughs> well, the, well, I have some broad and specific likes, and I was going to okay. start broad. And the first one, we'll see if it enrages Ashley and Paul, is that, <laughs> is that I love the way that it is far more faithful to the weird and wonderful L. Frank Baum books than most of the other adaptations we've ever gotten. I, oh. I, 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 characters look like the Denslow and Neil illustrations. Yeah, they're based tint, on the book tint. illustrations, right? Yeah. yeah, that looks great. Dorothy is actually a 10-year-old girl instead of a 16-year-old that still has a 10-year-old's imagination. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> oh, wait. And, so, and, so what age is Dorothy supposed to be? 10. Okay, About 10. 10. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the original Wizard of Oz, she was essentially too old, or they well, had actually. She was too old. seventeen in real life, but she tried to play younger. She tried ten. She, <laughs> I think, I think she they failed. They, I think, in the movie version, they say she's twelve to try to help yeah. a little bit, yeah, but still doesn't work. Okay, yeah. all right, yeah. okay, but so okay, okay. Thank you for clarifying it, that, guys. Yeah, and it's weird because the books are weird, and, right. and that that whimsy. The first the musical movie is funny, but it's a different type of comedy. And and I felt like even though this does jam different ideas together in a weird remix, mm-hmm. I, I felt like it it's more faithful. I would have loved to see like Harry Potter's eight movies. I would have loved to have seen the whole series done kind of by some of these people and with Ferris Bulk. Like I, I would have watched the heck out of that as a kid. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Like almost like. I know the BBC did a a like a series for Chronicles of Narnia, and lots of people love that. They were fantastic. Okay, yeah. I've never even seen it, so no, but fantastic, <laughs> maybe a little too high. Fantastic when I was puppet Aslan. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, now they were fantasy, so yes, fantastical in that approach. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yes. All right. So I'm gonna go off uh, yours. Uh, your your like James with mine because it's also a very broad one and I felt like this movie was actually paced remarkably well I was like invested every step of the way I felt like whenever I, I never felt like there was really a dull moment uh throughout um maybe a little bit when they're flying but even then it's that's only a quick like okay let's take a nap uh, and then things are crazy again because the knots and even the knots sort of coming loose, it sort of amps you up like, OK, what is this? What is this all heck going to break loose? Mm-hmm. So uh, I, I thought the, the movie was paced actually really well. And I really I, enjoyed that. I facet. agree. One of its I think this movie's crowning achievements uh, that didn't make my like is mm-hmm. even though it's based on two different books, those books are very different from each other. Mm. And somehow this movie was able to combine it and make a cohesive story. Mm. So that in itself, I think, is an achievement. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what well, what's something else that you thought was an achievement that did make your like list, Paul? Um, I thought the acting by uh, Feruza Balk in this was well done. She played it very believable, and I, I didn't have this sense like, oh, she's overreacting or under, like you get a lot from child stars. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I, I think she helped grounded this uh, fantasy movie. Okay. Yeah. I, it was. Am I crazy, though, guys? Her eyes seem so big, <laughs> like so big. They are, but they okay. are. it's not her they're, they're, fault. They're not Anna Taylor-Joy big. Yeah. No, uh, who's not, that? I don't know who that is. Her eyes aren't like bugging out of her head by any means, but she's like wide eyed because she's a child in this immersive world and she's just experiencing all these fantastical things. And 
Imagine for a second if you were a child in this fantasy world. Would I was your never eyes a child. Be all wide-eyed <laughs> and just it. be like astounded, like mine are right now. It's mm-hmm. it's something that happens when you're yeah. just surrounded by all these fantastical elements. And if you saw a character like TikTok, I imagine that your eyes would do very much the same thing, even though it would be a lot harder to see behind those glasses and those. I'm not saying it's a bad thing by any stretch. I'm. I just want to be validated that they were really big. Uh, she has so, large eyes. Okay, okay, okay. It's it's a very, but it's a very sweet feature of her. Like mm-hmm. it's right. a very like you can see the expressions and her eyes yes. would just yes. express so many different things in the scenes, whether it was fear or excitement or mm-hmm. sorrow. Um, yeah. She she was actually one of my likes too. Oh, I was just about to ask. Yeah. Was, so Farizabal yeah, definitely yeah. was one of my likes. It was one that I had actually called. Um, Something that really stood out to me, though, Mm -hmm. was just how immersive the world of Oz was between the matte background paintings Mm -hmm. and the different sets, the Mm -hmm. Gnome King's Mountain, uh, the palace at Oz, the broken up uh, yellow brick road just completely dismantled. Mm -hmm. I feel like the set designer did an incredible job just making you feel like you were in a dilapidated version of Oz where Mm -hmm. things are run down, where people are turned to stone between the statues and all of the other artistic choices that they made that made it into the sets. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was very immersive and you definitely felt like you weren't in England where everything was filmed on in the same area, but they used different places. And that set designer did a great job. And those matte backgrounds were gorgeous. Even the blue screen work Mm -hmm. when they were flying on the couch, usually you're just like, that doesn't look right, but yes, <laughs> it, I thought it looked pretty good for the time. Yeah, yeah. I feel like there's one green screen shot where I'm like, that seems weird. But everything else seemed like it was fairly uh, – it, it, felt, it felt like it was real. I felt like a lot of it was mm-hmm. as much – I mean, there was obviously no CG in this. But so it was very practical, and so I, I really appreciated that. Um, let's go back to you, James. What's something you really appreciate about this? Oh boy. Well, this one, I'm going to blame my wife for this one. Is okay. <laughs> when you're married for over 20 years, uh, you start to pick up someone else's passions. And Absolutely. Yes. It was stunning when the door opened and we saw Nurse Wilson in that black dress. Oh, remember, remember that? She's huh. like, like she should not, like a nurse should not be in this bizarre oh, right. black yeah, looking full black. dress. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. It, it, it looked like something like it was a, uh, Kate Hawley did all the costumes for Crimson Peak. If you've seen that Guillermo del Toro movie, yep. like it, it, it looks yeah. like uh, Colleen Atwood's another great. My, my wife is huge on knowing the costume designers and costume. Oh, cool. Nice. And, and so like I, I literally stopped the movie. I was I like called her in. I was like, <laughs> you, you have to come look at this. And and it's supposed to kind of evoke the Wicked Witch of the West. Mm-hmm. And, oh, I could see that. Yeah. 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 And then that goes on, right? Because then mm-hmm. Bombi's dress is fantastic. So the, yeah, the yeah. costuming and mm. and for all the characters was really impressive. And, and you know, of course, really mundane for the characters in Kansas. But and but for everyone else throughout the movie, it was just like from that one moment, which is the one part that doesn't make sense. Again, is why why a nurse is wearing that dress. But <laughs> from there, from there to Oz, you get all these fantastic costumes. Well, I think it adds to the creepiness that something here is off. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Absolutely. She doesn't work for the money. She just works to fill her day because obviously <laughs> she's coming from wealth. If she's wearing a dress like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just here to cause pain. Yes. <laughs> and why um, she's being carted away in, I'm still confused why she's being carted away to jail at the end. Because I think they found the people that didn't make it through successfully up in their attic during. Uh, the, they, I thought they were in the basement. But, 
or the basement, wherever. They said everyone sure. escaped but the doctor. So that includes those patients where they said they never had any problems, and then that's all coming out. I think that's why she's... Was was that in like an extended cut? I don't remember no, anything was, about that. You got to pay attention, Francisco. Yeah. <laughs> I don't think you were paying all that close attention in the very beginning part of the movie. It was something that the blonde character in when she was taking Dorothy through. No, no. At the end, I don't remember that them really going to jail or anything no, like that. She's being carted away. No, she's being why she's being carted away because she makes uh, the blonde character in the beginning makes mention of the people in the basement. Yeah, I do remember that. Okay. Yes, yes. I just don't remember. You don't that. remember her being carted away. Okay. Not really. No. It's <laughs> fine. A, and a she line was of dialogue like the, at the end. Yeah, she was just kind of standing there. Up would have been nice, oh, but yes. Okay. I, okay. I, I did. Like you can sort of work it out if you think about maybe she's getting caught. Maybe maybe they're accusing her of that. It okay. felt like you could, you bring her that in together, for questioning, but but a line of dialogue from the when they're explaining a hit by lightning, it's, it would they could have they could have made that a little more yes cohesive, yeah. absolutely yeah. yes. Uh, Ashley, what's something else you liked about Return to Oz? <laughs> I really enjoyed the character design. Mm-hmm. Just they were so beautifully inspired, and in something that James said earlier that they were based on the original designs from the illustrations of the book. And and mm-hmm. watching this movie, I'm like, yeah, they actually do because I had a uh, hard hardback versions of these that I would get from the library growing up, and the illustrations would be in there, and I'm like. Anytime I would go back and watch the original Wizard of Oz, I'm like, they don't look like that. None of them look like that. Mm. Where is this coming from? And it was so refreshing to actually see where the inspiration came from. And I always thought the scarecrow looked super weird in this, Mm -hmm. but, and all of the, all of the characters in Paul's background, like they all looked super weird. I'm like, that doesn't look, but then after I read the books, I'm like, this makes sense now. Yeah. Like they're wonderfully (laughs) faithful in the character design and, just faithfulness in the characters themselves for the most part. Mm-hmm. And having having you read a book and 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 see something that comes of it and go, the things that they did well, they did very, very well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. I I mean, again, me not having any sort of uh, perspective on the book, all I could all I would be able to add to that is that the the designs and I think it goes whether it's the costuming or the makeup or the the creature designs in this seems so much more vivid and 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 grounded than the fifties or whenever the original Wizard of Oz designs were. Yeah, nineteen thirty nine. Not that I can expect. A, I guess I can't really expect as much from a movie from. Wait, it came out in nineteen thirty nine. Nineteen thirty nine. Yes. They had color back then. Yes. It was a new trope. They <laughs> made the movie, the first part of the movie, deliberately in black and white. Yes, I So they that, could but... actually demonstrate their new colorization. That's exactly why it was made that the way that it was. I didn't think, I didn't think we had color Gone until the, the Wind 50s, came but... out the same year, and that was in color. Anyway, <laughs> Paul, what was something you liked? Um... <laughs> I'm really impressed with movies that use effects from the eighties that still hold up to today when some, mm. some of them don't, but some of the, like when the, the wheelers go into the sand and it's immediately turned into sand, I thought was mm. a great effect that mm-hmm. still holds up. Yeah, and absolutely. my favorite effect is the rock faces, the oh, animations mm-hmm. in the rocks. I thought they still hold up quite beautifully today. The animation. I mean, so, I may have some more to say about that later, but okay. <laughs> oh, you can make rocks animate better? Fine. Be <laughs> Let's see you do it. 
I will do it. You, you'll see. You'll see. Um, I, one, I agree with Paul there. Just, just to be clear, I was that was one that I couldn't. I wanted to include that as a fourth. So thank you, Paul. You're welcome. Yeah. And I thought we could be friends, James. Uh, one more thing <laughs> I liked before we get to our classmakers, our favorite things about Return to Oz, uh, for me was actually I really appreciated the voice acting of like the rocks, of the Gnome King, of Gump. They were just so rich and vibrant, and uh, even Jack. I think I think Brian Henson voiced yep, Jack. It was Brian Henson. I, yeah. I just it gave such such realness to these characters, and I don't know why. Uh, I'm trying to think if. I don't think that's certainly, I don't think it's, uh, something that today you, you don't find that. I don't think that's the case, but I was just, I guess I was surprised that these were so lifelike and the voices, I think, add so much. Well, that's because they're not, they're not voiced by, um, celebrity actors. That's That's probably why giving voice to the characters instead of just using whatever voice is tied to the people they paid the most Mm. money to. Yes. Yes. So real quick, just a fun aside, this wasn't planned or anything, but if you if this was made today, who do oh, you no. think would be voicing? Well, I'll give each of you a character. Uh, Paul, who do you think would be voicing TikTok? Like of a celebrity, like they would probably cast a celebrity. What celebrity uh, do you think they would the cast? The Rock. The Rock. Okay. Can I have Jack? I was going to give James Jack, but sure, you can have Jack. Let me suggest. have Jack because I want Jack Black to voice him. But Jack Black <laughs> is one of those rare uh, Hollywood celebrities that actually tries to do other voices, and he's uh-huh. proven himself quite capable. Even if he used his regular voice but accentuated it, I still feel like it would be good, as the Kung Fu Panda movies has kind of shown. Okay, Just, fair. They're both Jack. He can okay. do it. Skadoosh. James, who would you have voice uh, Gnome, the, the king, no, the Gnome King? Oh, the Gnome King! Wow, that's that's a that's a tough one. I mean, I well, you asked who would Hollywood have it to? I say what? Yeah, who would Hollywood have it? Oh, and it's probably going to be probably going to be Chris Pratt. I mean, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) Uh, why? He's Mario, or he's he's just like why not? Right, that's that's who they would have. Time for him to do a villain. Yes, exactly. Sure. Yeah. (laughs) I'm. My Ruby Specials, they are the special Ruby Special. Ruby Slippers. Wow, Francisco, roll over but, your own but, joke. But I'd want James Spader, just, you know. Oh, that'd be interesting. Just put it out I, there. I could totally see that, yes. Awesome. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the voice acting. But now it's time to get to the things we loved most about Return to the Return to Oz. And I'm going to start with Ashley because I'm very given just our side conversations. I'm very curious what your what your favorite thing about this film is. Okay. Well, my favorite thing about this entire movie was actually the creatures themselves, the creature design and the puppetry. I was just fascinated with how all of them move and just Mm -hmm. how realistic some of them were. Um, None of y'all mentioned the chicken Belina. (laughs) I was about to. But but I just found the mannerisms, the fact that they used real chickens with a puppet. Mm -hmm. And it just felt so lifelike, like when the when the bird would blink or the bird would talk. And it was just so fascinating to watch. And the puppet was so well made. And it's just an ordinary chicken, but it looks so fascinating. And and the gump and how it was so expressive and how Jack was this. He was played by an actor in a suit, but then there was puppetry in addition to that. Mm -hmm. It's just so interesting to see it move and the man in the TikTok suit and how he had to kind of bounce back and forth. It's just fascinating to see how all of these different things work. And 
you've got the creature design of the Gnome King and yes. just how he has so much transition in him yeah. from being a rock face and then right. gradually becoming more and more human-like to mm-hmm. actually having mm-hmm. the actor that portrayed him uh slowly transition and it started with the eyes and then his face became more expressive and then as all of those characters were being added to his ornament collection he was getting ever so much more close closer to humanity and it was kind of eerie yes just how well done that makeup and effect was. yeah the makeup when he was that close to being human i'm like wow you are like a rock man yeah it was jarring and just the creature effects and just it was so incredibly well done. It really made you feel like they were just lifelike and just jumping off the screen at you. Mm-hmm. It was fantastic. He was close enough to human that he could start wearing women's shoes, too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He was he was fascinated with those ruby slippers. He even showed, like, look at my slippers. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you can't have them. You can't. Um, for, you know what? That's pretty much the same. Uh, my... Uh, Classic maker to a T. Is your classic maker? Yes, him wearing ruby slippers is my classic. No, I (laughs) thought so. The the believability of these puppets. I feel like these these um all the uh puppeted uh creatures in the the rock uh, the gnome king and whatnot. They their believability was, I think, came from they were so utterly. And I'm gonna trip over this word. Anthropomorphic. Anthropomorphic. Fies. Yeah, they were anthropomorphized <laughs> so well. I, I just, I could believe that the gump was, I could believe a boy could fly. No, I could believe the gump was a, a real thing. Uh, that Jack was really walking around. I think they were going to have Jack actually have an articulation to his mouth. Um, but it was just going to be way too costly. So glad he didn't. That well, would have that would have scared me. He had expressions. Yes, they did have right. different yes, expressions. And that was fine. But the, articulate, the articulating face probably would have scared the children even more than this movie already did. I would have loved to have seen how they could have pulled that off. But regardless, uh, yeah, just that's my classic matter too. Just how how these characters, TikTok, etc., are so lifelike. So that's my classic matter. Stole mine because we watched it together. I, you stole mine. No, you stole <laughs> mine. Get out of my head. No. Uh, James, what was most fixated in your head from this film that you loved it the most? Well... Speaking to Ashley's comment earlier about scaring little children, um, <laughs> I, when the headless mombi appears, oh gosh, and all the heads start screaming. <sighs> yes, I, yes. I, I'm just thinking to myself, this is an entry level horror movie for kids. <laughs> yep, absolutely. Like, this, this is like goosebumps. This is like, and probably why I liked it so much when I was 12 back in 1985, <laughs> right? And, yes. and and she even says at the beginning, I think it's it's Ozma says it's almost Halloween. Like mm. this is almost a movie. Oh, show the yeah. yeah. She yeah, brings yeah. she brings in little pumpkin. And I had, mm-hmm. I would never have remembered that. And mm-hmm. it's like this this is a Halloween movie. That's strange. It, it it kind of really is from its strangeness to its weirdness. It's probably one you would trot out for the kids at Halloween time. And like, okay, we're if you're gonna start on scary movies, um, there you go. Like that this is the way to go. And so I I and at the Fast forward to the Gnome King at the end, too. It's yeah, almost like yeah, yeah. something like, like Chernabog in Fantasia. It's just like, yes, 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 yes. And all the little minions dancing around. And then when uh-huh. they disappear, it's like they disappear by like swallowing their own hands and folding in on mm-hmm, each other. And mm-hmm. that's just all of that uh, spooky stuff. It's not, I guess you got to pick the right age. Yes. Uh, you know, yes. I, I was 12 I and I, I thought it was just appropriately dark. And I, I do think I whet my appetite for all my love of Tim Burton. Uh, Tim Burton made Pee Wee Herman the same year. Yeah. So he's, oh, he's really? Big, his, 
his he's big making adventure. Kiwi's big yeah, adventure. Yeah. He hasn't gone sort of full Tim Burton yet. Yeah. And, right. I, and I think he actually mentions like uh, Jack, Jack Pumpkinhead is a direct inspiration for Skellington. I mean, that's, oh, okay. Right. Nice. That's, that that's sense. why he kind of looks like that at the beginning of Nightmare Before Christmas. And then it burns away and there he is. That's, mm-hmm, that's mm-hmm. like a little homage to, to both this movie and the books. So nice. Uh, I was wondering, is that why you're wearing the uh, the black suit the with the white pinstripes? I mean, I wear it sometimes to preach on Sundays too, but <laughs> <laughs> for special occasions like the Retro Rewind podcast, Very we appreciate apropos. that. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, that well, awesome. Okay, that totally makes sense, and I would agree with you. That is entry level horror in that way, uh, James uh, Paul. I would guess that's not your classic maker. So why don't you give us what you what your favorite thing about this film was? My the the favorite thing for me about this movie is TikTok. His uh, execution okay. of that character, the that character alone, it's it's amazing just what they were able to pull off with him. Mm-hmm. So for for me, he makes this movie. Uh, wow! I mean, this movie would be could stand on its own without him, but yeah. just that character alone and how they brought him to life on the screen is mm-hmm. just amazing. It's just, nice. And, Definitely my favorite too. I yeah. love his tactician's brain too. Mm-hmm. When he like has Dorothy come in yeah. to see what he turns into, even though that amounts to nothing. But I, I love that. That sort of forward thought that he had as well. Good thinking. So, exactly. His, but, his, oh, go ahead. My, my only regret in reading, sort of reading up on who everybody was is I really wish at some point in the movie he'd had to, he had had to say, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> That would have been amazing. Because he's Admiral Akbar. Mm-hmm. That's so, cool. Yeah. Oh, the voices. Yes. Voice. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. That's right. Awesome. <laughs> well, guys, uh, I think it's lots to like about this, but now I think we need to get to the things we... Oh, wait. Wait a second. Hold on. <sighs> sorry. I'm looking at my notes. There's one more thing I like, guys. I'm sorry. This seems to happen every time. But yeah, one more thing I liked, and that would be the Untold Podcast. The Untold Podcast is a speculative fiction podcast utilizing the genres of sci-fi, fantasy, and horror, among others, in order to engage the culture's imagination from a Christian worldview. Every month, Nathan James Norman produces and narrates a new story presented in a unique and dynamic way. Check out The Untold Podcast at www.untoldpodcast.com to listen and leave them a review on Apple Podcasts. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Got something to say about that, Paul? Yeah, good. What does that have to do with Return to Oz? (laughs) Return to Oz is based on a couple stories, uh, you know, books even, and uh, Untold Podcasts is stories that were. (laughs) (laughs) Well, they are actually ostensibly told on the podcast, too. So, there is that close uh, no <laughs> but the stories were told in so many different ways they weren't just books l frank Baum actually turned most of his works into stage productions too. yeah yeah and i'm sure and, he would have turned them into podcasts if he is still alive today yeah but these books were written over a hundred years ago but they were told in so many different ways i'm sure if he had been alive when so much of these things had come out i don't know he might have been fascinated with how his stories were told indeed but you know what? Let me fascinate you guys with some trivia. How about that, Paul? Would that be better? That would be much mm. better. Thank all you. All right. Did you all realize that gymnast Michael Sudin, probably getting his name wrong, stood upside down with legs bent and backwards inside TikTok's body to move the legs? Yeah. I'm like, he also walked back. Yeah. You said walk backwards. Right? Yeah. Why yeah. wouldn't you just like bow your legs out? I don't understand why he you did. have to. 
No, no, he's like handstanding it the whole way. He's upside I, down, Paul. Yeah. I, he's I'm still walking trying to picture that. I, with, I was looking at I read I read that and was trying to watch TikTok in those scenes and she like I it's like they, how do they I have see some a human? footage online behind uh, the scenes that's pretty fascinating yeah wow yes I so I just don't he's, understand. A, he's a contortionist okay mm-hmm. so but I don't get yeah. why you want to just like squat down really low yeah because that's that no, you much can't and with that you you there wasn't room for that yeah not with how TikTok is shaped. Get yeah. a smaller guy. Unless you to had do someone it. who was incredibly like bow legged and like they had like really big oh. wide hip distance and you know, they'd be able to you know who they should have hired? This guy. I could have totally done it. No. Yes. Uh-huh. No. Yes. Totally done it. How old were you in nineteen eighty four? He was that's beside you the were point. Four. You would have ne- no. <laughs> yeah, I totally could have fit in there. No, could have fit in one of his legs. <laughs> <laughs> so my question to you guys is what's the most acrobatic feat that you can achieve? So I'm going to start with Paul. Oh, that I can't achieve now? Sure, yes. No, I'm not going to answer that. Because well, I don't know, because I'm I'm not as young and spry as I Fine, used to be. Fine, the one in that you've college, done in your life. Sure. I used to be able to take a Coke can and fit uh-huh. like the bottom in my mouth. Like I was able to wedge open my jaw that far. Wow, okay. You can't do that but anymore? I can't do that. No, I, I, oh, okay. I, yeah. All right. How about uh, you, James? Uh, hmm. Does does competitive eating count? <laughs> not really. It's not really acrobatic. It is for the so, stomach. I mean, I suppose, but no, that, I wouldn't count that. But if that's all you got, that's all you got. See, no, that uh, was acrobatic feet was hard for me. I was like, I didn't even do cartwheels as a kid. The the most I yeah, can yeah. think of is uh, like acrobats. That's it, it's jumping, leaping, vaulting. I I have twice in my life fallen. 40 feet once from a cliff at the beach another oh. time out, out from a, actually with a tree that's a long story uh, and sustained and sustained no injury so i, I kind of feel like what if there's I, I i so i'm a i'm not a long jumper i'm a long faller okay. <laughs> that, that's that's and what survivor. i'm going that's what i'm going with yeah retro i'm podcast approved i like it Yikes. uh <laughs> ashley how about you well, outside of tripping over my own feet and falling face first on pavement oh. and busted my knee over a year Ow. ago, um, I grew up as actually as a dancer. I never took gymnastics, was always jealous of anyone who did. Um, but probably the thing that I can still do to this day is actually stretch out my whole leg and, and hold it from the bottom of my foot and stretch it. Oh, wow. I'll, nice. I'll have to show you later. I can't do it from sitting and then yeah, standing yeah. and doing it. And I have to stretch a little bit course, because yeah, yeah. my 36-year-old knees don't like that so much <laughs> anymore. But when I was a teenager, I was I could do it with both of my legs. I can only do it with my right one now because my knee is so locked up on my left because that was the one I fell on. How would you Ow. do them? together you can't you can't you can alternate oh you stretch you do a heel stretch on one side and then you can alternate the other and i used to used to be able to do vinci man i think it's possible yeah (laughs) not possible not humanly possible with this person and i used to be able to do a full split way back when um i've done some gymnastics moves i used to be able to do like a full bridge and actually like kick myself over can't do that anymore i'm sure if i really tried i could probably do a bridge but then i'd probably throw out my back and then you'd have to take care of me so I don't think you would like Let's that. Let's not try that. So I can demonstrate my skills at another time. Okay. And <laughs> then here in chat, uh, Dale says, probably jump off the roof of my dad's garage. Okay. That's that's a feat for sure. Been there. Oh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Never wow. tried that. Would have been scary. Right. 
Great trivia, Francisco. Thank you, Paul. Now that we've all had some trivial fun, let's find out what memories you, our awesome rewinders, had about Return of Oz. Return to Oz, not to Oz. Oz. <laughs> uh, so uh, from locals, Detunction starts by saying, uh, I remember quite a bit. I've seen it multiple times. While it was something of a disappointment to me, I'd probably still rate it uh, four, four out of five stars or a classic. Some lines I recall, uh, so so that you don't fall out. Oh no, the wheelers. Tie my feet together. Pyog. I forget what that. I know it's, he, she says it weird. Pyog. Pyog. The disappointment comes from the fact that combined two to three books instead of just doing book two and, and some aspects of it I didn't care for. It's still a fun story and well told in its own way though. And, and nothing. <laughs> and what my turn and your right? turn paul okay detunson's wife says she liked it until she read the books and had a similar disappointment as detunson that it was three books smashed into one story nah that's fair and then from facebook uh, matthew matthew cross matthew cosby says uh i remember it being a very dark very dark and creepy David Gardner says, definitely macabre. I remember the couple minutes uh, specials trying to show people training to be wheelers. Oh, okay. And then Wardale White says, I just remember thinking that I'd rather just return to Oz of 1939, that is. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> well, thank you all for sharing your memories. And like Dale, maybe we don't want to return to discussing this movie. But alas, there is no time like the present to spin uh -huh. up our worst clothes. So let's get into our worst things about uh, Return to Oz, and I'm going to kick us off by going back to that rock hole, the 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 rock thing. I something was now okay. The animation wasn't bad, but there's some really uncanny about it for me. It's mm -hmm. almost like I don't know if who have which of you got which of you all have seen uh, the Hobbit movies and like high frame rate. It was yeah. sort of like that effect for me. It seemed like they were, they animated it at like a full 30 frames per second or something instead of like the standard like 24 or 12. It just seemed like too odd. I, I, I that's the only way I have to describe it. It's probably not uh, that. I but. saw the Hobbit movies and I have my TV cranked up to 60 frames a second while watching this and it looked fine to me, but that's me. <laughs> Good for you, Paul. I'm just saying it looked, it looked off for some reason. I know it's, it's stop motion. At least I assume it's right. stop motion. That's how it looks. Right, it is. Okay. It's stop motion. Animation. Maybe something about it was just too smooth almost, and I don't know why that affected me, but it, it bothered I, me in some way. I, I, I do see what you're saying. When I when I usually see talking rocks in real life, it, it doesn't quite look the same. Yeah, yeah. Okay, see, exactly what I'm saying. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, Let's go to James next. Tell me about what the talking rocks told you of that wasn't good about this <laughs> film. <laughs> well... Well, one thing that I I thought didn't rock was ah, the ah, ah. was actually the score. Oh, okay. Uh, honestly, wow. the score just seemed I I felt like it was average and serviceable yeah. to the film, but in a few places it kind of was a detriment. I think it's when mm, they're yeah. they're going to the lunch pail uh, the the lunch pail tree and it, there, there was a, this like weird like that 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 like this yeah weird, yeah yeah quirky like music ragtime yeah. And, and I liked when she fell in the river. There was this organ music, but it uh -huh. never appears again. Mm -hmm. And it it felt very like there was nothing that tied the score together. It was just I like mean, we all, there almost. It was yeah. Just, yeah. 
If, yeah, but, I totally but, agree. Disconnected would be the word that I would use. Mm -hmm. It was disconnected Mm -hmm. from the scenes that it played in. It didn't have any unity across the entire score. It was completely forgettable, which is why I had nothing to really say about Mm -hmm. it. (laughs) Well, and I I felt like if they had picked any one of those themes and kind of fleshed them out and run with them. Especially in the 80s. I mean, we all know in the 80s and actually 90s, pretty much as long as John Williams was ruling... Like a, he still a, is a, a score, kind of was almost the the unsung actor of well certainly yeah. it made it made the Star Wars trilogy right it's, exactly. it's yeah yeah a more powerful actor than Mark Hamill so like it's this true. just this just did not have this contributed nothing so I like that yeah dislike yeah absolutely I can I can totally back that approve it uh, Paul I, I can so much that was also my oh really three. okay I okay. said it was fine but I mean. Come on. I mean, yes, TikTok had his own theme, but even Kesha came up with a better theme. I mean, and then you have Oz. Like, they have a a theme for Oz. Like, one of the best things about The Wizard of Oz from 1939 Mm -hmm. is its music. I can can hum that. That's true. Yeah. But you you better bring some of the music with the fantasy. Yeah. Especially when you have the power of Disney behind it and... Uh, yeah, it's- I, yeah. I feel like there's so many there's so many other people that could have done this, and I maybe it was just a lacking in um, David Shire sauce. What's his name? David Shire. Uh, no, no, Walter Murick. That's who I meant. The director <laughs> of this. Who, no, this was. His only like directed movie. He's never done yes. another movie since then. Well, um, he's he, he was editor for. I know for, he's sound editor for a long time. He's won Academy Awards. Godfather, for that. and he was yeah. the editor Apocalypse of now. Uh, Apocalypse Now. Yes. So he I knows understand. his dark music. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. He, I think he knows how he, to mix well. Yeah, he, he's right. a sound mean, mixer and a sound editor. He's not. He so knows much what should a, be there. It's like he poker. decided, let's go with the temp track. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> let's work in progress. Let's just go with it. We don't have any more money to spend. We're already on, at $25 million. Let's see yeah. what happens. We blew so. it all on the costumes. <laughs> well, there was a lot of budget cut slashing fears there, uh, reading the behind the scenes stuff. So maybe that, mm-hmm. maybe they did just they were not able to really get the score that he wanted. And that, yeah, that's, that's, and that's a bummer. Cause like, yeah, I, I, this is one of those where I would love to see somebody come in and rescore it. Like, like, yeah, like, I, yeah. like when they brought back the Jerry Goldsmith score for Legend, also 1985. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Instead of t- like, there's, there's different scores and they, they yes. get rescored. Dracula, like the old 1930s oh, really? Dracula, they, they went and redid that. There's there's a cool version you can get that actually has a, an updated score. Like this, this kind of does. Well, I, I think this deserves it. I think it would yeah. vastly improve it. Oh, totally. I I'd be behind seeing a version with this with an updated score. Maybe if we read this classic, that is. Um, Ashley, what's something that was definitely not classic for you about this film? I know I had said this earlier, and we talked about it being faithful to the books, the source material that it took from. Mm -hmm. I said the things that they did right, they did incredibly right. The things that they did wrong, they just did it wrong. Mm -hmm. I hated how they just like cherry picked certain elements and tried to make amalgamations of things Mm. like the character of Mombi. She's she's an old witch and she has everything to do with Ozma and Jack Pumpkinhead and has mm-hmm. next to nothing to do with Dorothy. Mm, next to right. nothing to do with Dorothy. Doesn't want mm-hmm. her head um, cuz she's an old haggy witch. She does have the powder of life. 
they take two characters and put them into one and they go, well, mommy sounds more menacing than princess. What's her name? Um, who was just her name? Actually princess. What's her name? No, I can't tell you. I can't remember her name. It's like Landware or something like that. It's got an IE. It's, it's very strange. And she's a distant relative of this distant kingdom. Uh And, Honestly, like how Dorothy gets to Oz in this is stolen directly from the book, mm-hmm. but she's not actually in Oz in the book. She's in this land across across Oz. the sea in Ev, uh-huh. and yeah. they just cherry picked and they just changed locations and combined characters. And Ozma didn't make Jack Pumpkinhead. The boy version of Ozma did. So there were things I, that just messed with my head. And I mean, maybe if you have no connection to the books, you're like, right. this is really good. People say that they, they, that there's, they're close and true to L. Frank Baum's world. And yes, there were certain elements that were great. But as someone who's read the books more than one way through, I'm like, that's wrong. That's mm-hmm. wrong. Yeah. That's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. And it frustrated me so much. But yeah. you're dealing with kids like me, Ashley, that I don't mean, read. We just want to see things. No, but it, it just it flustered me so much. It's yeah. not my tragic maker, but good goodness gracious, it flustered yeah. me. And I think that's one of the main reasons why I hated it like, so much like the first and second time I saw it. Uh-huh. And it still hasn't changed 20 years later. Uh-huh. Yeah, I get that. I, I wonder... I don't know where I was at, Ashley, in reading the books. I may have only read the first couple by that point. Mm-hmm. And so may- maybe that's it. Like, I I think then reading the books after, you sort of saw all these different elements come together. Yeah. I, maybe I wasn't as... Because I, I remember, like, I was probably reading them right around the same time. I knew enough I knew enough to recognize the characters and illustrations kind of from some uh-huh. of the first couple. Mm-hmm. But yeah, may- that, it's probably... I probably hadn't hit the later books with, like, Ozma and different... Ozma of Oz and those... Hmm. So that, that may have actually change the experience kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. And it, and it really does because the things that they did well, they did incredibly well. Mm-hmm. And right. it's not to say that the Gnome King was any less menacing. And there were actually things that they did that made him more interesting than he is in the books. Yeah. But mm-hmm. goodness gracious, the, the cherry picking and, and just combat combining elements and just switching things up to make it more convenient. Yeah. None, none of the stuff that happens in the first half even happens in the Land of Oz. And the Gnome King, he always was trying to take over Oz, but he was never successful. He was kind of like this failed foil, and he was a running joke in the books. Mm. So the fact that they were able to make something more of him, that's great. But, uh, yeah, all the things that they just, ooh, frustrating. Well, well, Paul, you've read the books. Maybe you can answer this question from Dale. Uh, how come it takes a storm to get Dorothy back to Oz? How come King the Gnome King couldn't just grab her or something? I honestly haven't read the books in over 10 plus years. Oh, okay. So. I read them about 10 years ago. And she doesn't escape from a sanitarium in a chicken coop. No. She falls overboard. She's actually on a cruise ship with her Uncle That's Henry. Right. Falls yeah. overboard. And then... She shows up in, in the, the land sh- of Ev and how the chicken gets there. I'm like, there was no chicken. No, that, there's that, no, that, chicken. no, Belina's in the book, but my goodness, she was not on a cruise. Sh- she was not on a cruise ship as you know, far as I remember. Everyone's into multiverses these days. Can we get a Narnia Oz multiverse no. like crossover? I think that'd be kind no. of cool. Let's not do that. <laughs> Let's not and say we did. You can write that fan fiction. I hear fanfiction.net still exists. You can go write that and then you can read the fan fiction that I wrote when I was 14. Oh, okay. Ooh. So it'll be, it'll be that, and then you can read Fa- Francisco's Fabulous Fan Fiction. Exactly. It's fabulous. It's fabulous. Oh. <laughs> okay. Let's go back to James. How about that? What's something else you don't like about Return to Oz? Well, I, this is where I'm still confused on where I was at with reading, because mm. one of my dislikes watching this time, I, I remember uh, Jack Pumpkinhead being cool. 
Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and really liking him. But also that, but I've also read the books, you know, about years ago uh-huh. and every watching it this time, I, I kind of feel like I, I know he inspired Tim Burton and Jack Skellington and all that, but in Return to Oz, he looks interesting, but I really didn't find him that interesting. Well, no, like his character boy. isn't at all interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Cause he is like a boy, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. He's like a little he, he kid. Doesn't, he, he doesn't really have much to do or contribute. It, right. Yeah. There's, there's just not a lot like, like I thought it was cool to, Learn Brian Henson did him. I had no idea when I was watching as a kid any of that stuff. But it, he, yeah, he just kind of comes across as kind of whiny. The mom thing, I maybe didn't really. I was like, yeah, I guess it's supposed yeah. to be cute. I, it just sort of Jack fell flat for me this time, mm-hmm. and so mm-hmm. it's kind of like, oh, I, I, not That's not what I remember. That's disappointing. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. really have a hero moment. I mean, no. TikTok certainly does. I think they Gump have to does save him. Think of when and... when his head flies off. Yeah, yeah. and he's like well, falling he's apart. Holding... He's holding Belinda. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. He's a hiding spot. That's not a hero moment. No, no, no. <laughs> Just because the chicken is like, I need to hide from these gnomes. Where's the big open spot? Oh, look, there's a pumpkin that I can hide in. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> and that's how they defeat the gnome king. That's- like I said, he's, and yeah, so, but that doesn't make him an interesting character just because he does he's that. He's an assist to the layup. Okay, yeah, fine. He's a, <laughs> no, he's more like a second string player, Paul. He's just the yeah. one sitting on the bench keeping it warm. <laughs> yes, exactly. You only he's call like, him in when when you have a guaranteed win. It's like, okay, we're like 20 points ahead. There's no way we could win this Trojan game. He's the Trojan horse. He's That's like Hawkeye in the Avengers. Pretty much, pretty much. He's like, they, they're the already winning. He just, let him just like float, throw some arrows around and see what happens next. It's not. <laughs> Sorry, Jeremy Renner. Oh yeah. my gosh. Oh, get better, Jeremy Renner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> That's amazing. Anyway, uh, Wow. Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree with you, though, about Jack Pumpkinhead. He wasn't as interesting to me this time. Uh, Paul, what was something that wasn't very interesting to you on this watch? Um, I said some of the effects hold up and some don't. So the ones that don't specifically to me are the, the rocks, the rock animations. <laughs> no, like, no. Un, un, unlike Ashley, I have to disagree with her that during the flying scene, I thought, it, you know, this is rudimentary. It feels like rewatching it. When she's Wait, looking, when Dorothy's looking the across flying... the desert, oh, okay. yeah. uh, when she first lands in Oz, it's like she's a uh, almost a Microsoft Paint cutout That's looking the around. Part. That's the part there where the green screen looked off. Yeah, yes, so that was some it. of those okay. don't really hold up to today's standard. We we watched it at night before bed, so that was towards the end. So I'm just kind of like, eh, so maybe. Mm. Maybe my type. I thought that was in the beginning when no. she's looking across the desert. It's at the beginning. It is kind yeah, of at the beginning, and then like the, when they're flying later. The on. flying is later, flying later on. Yeah. yeah, and it's the, dark. The falling yeah. especially. Yeah, kind of, kind of the, but they're like falling through the clouds. Yes, yeah. that doesn't yeah. look very real. No, yeah, yeah. No. yeah, she falls twice. Like yep. she's falling through the clouds, and then she's falling in like in the in the cave, and yeah, mm-hmm. she wouldn't survive that fall. No way, no how. No way, yeah. no how. <laughs> Thank goodness for that, for that like mountain and a couch and all that stuff. Exactly. Contrived. Uh, but what was most contrived for you, Ashley, before you get to our attraction makers? Ugh. There's just so many things in this movie that just like don't make sense. Um, like did... mom be snoring? No, How no, is that? No, that was definitely an unanswered question. Like you're headless. How in the world can you snore? It's, and the then... thro- it's like the same way people who smoke, who have that hole in their throat. <laughs> yeah. I wow. guess, I guess. And then it's like, okay, well, Ozma, you're trapped in glass. You're cursed and you're trapped behind glass. How in the world are you showing up in the real world and yes. giving Dorothy a pumpkin? 
How in the world are you there? Where in the world did the chicken come from? She wasn't floating in a coop with Dorothy. Where did she come from? Did she just decide to show up in Oz? <laughs> Does she have this portal to another world that we just don't know about? She went through she, the wardrobe. She found she found the key. Like she found the key and and then Dorothy picked it up because apparently the scarecrow sent it. And it's just like, yeah. is Oz real? Is Oz not? Like you're trying so hard to kind of like say that there's this go between. Yeah. And you're making, you're trying, the movie is trying to sell it so far that it's a delusion of Dorothy that she has to go into a sanitarium and get electroshock therapy. Yeah. I was asking. Back and forth and back and I, forth. And I, ah. I was asking Ashley these because the, the books make oh. it that Oz is real. Okay. Oz is real. So yeah, I, I was asking Ashley this that is this. Essentially, is Oz just a dream? Like no. it's in the person's head, and no, it's that's real. why in the book people series, in the movies in the Oz are the same people in the real life. And is it trying to no, bridge that gap? Of the yeah, movie yeah, it's just the before. situation of I the know. movie. In the books, Oz is as real as you and I. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is, like later in the book series, like Al Frank Baum actually like makes Oz like no one can come to it because like. All, the people from the outside cause so much trouble. So yeah. in this one book, it's later on. I can't remember what number it is, but it's the Emerald City of Oz is the title of the book. Mm-hmm. Oz basically closes its borders and no one can get there anymore. And Dorothy actually moves from the real world and actually moves permanently to Oz. Oh, wow. So it is this real breathing place full of this magic. Uh-huh. And she's an undocumented worker there. Yes, she's, <laughs> she's undocumented. But she actually becomes a princess of Oz later on. But yeah, all the things that are like... That doesn't make any sense. Ozma's yeah. trap. How is the, the what what what? Where's the chicken coming from? Where is all this? Why does it's everyone have Dorothy's a doppelganger? What is all this stuff? I think that's what Ashley was saying though, Paul. Is that it's not in her imagination. It's supposed to be all real. Well, you're not supposed to compare it to the book. That's what's frustrating you. Ah, okay. Uh, just, I, that's it. Just even don't if do I that. don't, even if I don't compare it to the book, the movie basically tells you, like you you learn. Okay, Ozma's trapped in the glass. How in the how in the world is she in normal human form in the beginning? And you don't ever know her name. You just go, she's this blonde apparition. She's this random blonde stranger who comes. She gives Dorothy a pumpkin. She helps tie untie her from the setup and helps her yeah. escape. And then... And then you're left to believe, well, did she drown? Did she die? Because she didn't make it to the chicken coop. Dorothy, that, that Dorothy just climbed in. Like, what in the world happened? She make is it make the sense. chicken. She no chicken. Well, so yeah, you know, I guess I guess I took it maybe as a younger person that, that mm-hmm. she'd been trapped in the mirror. And so because so she's like trapped on the other side, but she's able to momentarily she's able to manifest in the real world. But yeah, she can't, it's a different world. She can't manifest back into yeah, I take like that, Alice. I, that was my twelve-year-old brain. That, that was my twelve-year-old brain. I don't. I don't know. That was. Yeah. I like that gap. explanation because the movie doesn't give us any. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. You're left to your own devices, and I mean, to each their own. But if something <laughs> doesn't make sense, I I just shout it from the heavens, make it make sense. Here, here's the thing. I would. I think that would your explanation, James, would be so much more. Um, uh, believe. I mean, I, I like the explanation, but I think you could have made that the perfect explanation. All you do is when we're seeing Ozma, like, cause we see her in reflection sometimes, right? In Oz, or is it? You're supposed to think that's her. Like that distorted. Reflection. Yeah. Distorted okay. Versions if you saw like the real world also back there, like distorted, like the farms or something. No, you're I think just that trying would've... to make sense out of fantastical things. It's not supposed to work that way. <laughs> now, why would I do that? Heaven forbid I do anything like that. Ball. Just leave it all. Just leave us all to our own devices because <laughs> you would think you would think that the director who wrote the screen screenplay would want to give us details because they gave us details. So many unwanted details and so many different things. 
more on that later. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess I was thinking, I, I felt like they were going for more of the Doctor Who method, where we'll just explain it by saying it's wibbly wobbly timey Oh my gosh. Yeah, <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> But something that I guess you could explain with wibbly wobbly timey wimey, but it didn't, it bothered me the most that made my tragic maker is okay. They're flying over the desert. This is your tragic maker. This is my no? tragic maker. We're two tragic okay. makers now because the. Yeah, I just had some scrambled eggs. Uh, my treasure maker is how does flying over the desert? Uh, and this is, I think, uh, this is when I forget exactly when this is happening, but I know Dorothy calls it out. She says she knows that if the you touch the sand, or maybe it's at the beginning, you touch the sand, it will turn you into sand. Yes, how does she know that? Because in the original, there's no land of uh, sand. And in this, n nothing tells her, oh, you're going to turn into sand if you touch it. Where, where is she getting this knowledge from? How does she know this thing? There were so many things that was like that, Francisco, that she just had this knowledge. Just like, you didn't learn that until like three books later. What you talking about, Dorothy? <laughs> what the you talking told about? Her. Yeah. <laughs> the yeah, like apparently, like, what's his name? Walter Murdoch? Is that the name of the director? Oh, uh, Walter Merrick, I Mal think. Merrick. Mer whatever, Walter W. The Academy Award-winning sound designer and editor. Um, did you read all the Oz books? Is this why you were like, well, she'll know eventually. So let's just make, let's skip the boring parts and just make her know now. Yeah. But yeah, uh, how would she have known? I don't think she would have known. I mean, anyone who. Here's, okay, here's what you do. Francisco's fabulous fan fiction. Here well, we Star Fox says the flying monkeys told her. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Star Fox. <laughs> what you do is you have Belina somehow on the thing. If she, if Belina somehow in the the the, it looks like a crib. What is it supposed it's, to be? It's a chicken coop. Chicken coop. If she is in the chicken coop, how about Toto's in the chicken coop? Toto goes off, walks on the sand, Toto dies. There, you know, it's the <gasps> sand. You can't touch the sand. How dare you? Wow. <laughs> <laughs> just killed Toto. <laughs> we don't need Toto, obviously. He's only at the beginning of this. He's the one that finds her at the end. Yes. She would have drowned in the river. Yep. It's so sad when she leaves. <gasps> oh. It's such a shame she didn't have a van down by the river. Oh, Could've my been her home. gosh. <laughs> she isn't played by Chris Farley. Maybe that would have been better. Oh, my word, Ashley. Okay, so that is my tragic maker, that she knows things that she, it doesn't make sense for her to know. Oh. It's green, Dorothy. Yeah. Uh, that That's was my... my why did I totally forget? That was my tragic maker. What are you talking about? Every time, like, I'm stopped at a light and my brother and I will say, it's green, Dorothy. No, no, no. It's like, <laughs> it's like at the end, sort of the, the kind of climax of the movie, not quite, uh, Dorothy's... Uh, has, she's touched two items trying to figure out uh, where the scarecrow is. And she ultimately decides, you know what, let me just close my eyes, spin around, just like walk. And she she picks up this one item. She opens her eyes like, oh, there's this green thing right next to it. Let's do that. I hate that she just lucked into it. And I think, Ashley, you've said that that just is how it happens in the books, right? That she just, it's the same in the book. She just lucks into no, picking the right one. That's not what happens at all. Oh. 
She doesn't luck into it? No, there's actually an explanation in the book. Oh. The chicken wasn't hiding in a pumpkin head. The okay. chicken actually hid in plain sight uh-huh. and actually hid under the throne of the Gnome King and actually heard him give away the answers when he was talking to one of his gnomes. Oh. So she actually played more of a role instead of just hanging out in a pumpkin head. Oh, okay. and so she told Dorothy what to, where to go and what to do. Yes, oh, she see, actually told Dorothy. she's under the sea. She came out, so she she actually was with Dorothy. She was hiding with her. Oh, okay. And she This she sounds hit. so convoluted. Let's just have her <laughs> run into it. No matter how it's presented, <laughs> book, movie, whatever explanation, it's it's for children. It's going to be convoluted. But I hate, okay, I would have preferred that. sometimes. I, I hate, you want your hero to be smart and cunning and outwit the enemy. I like yeah. that type of hero. I don't so, like, oh, let me just look into winning. TikTok you don't like things that happen by a metal. See, wait, oh, uh, see this? Oh, yes, yeah. that would have worked even wanna... better. Yes. Uh, see, Go I, ahead, I James. I agree here. Oh, okay, all right. I, but, I, but this kind of, this led into, this actually led into sort of a spiritual kind of idea question oh that well you know what to. let's yeah. let's whet the appetite for the people that to uh, listen to the spiritual speculation so what would can you like give a little bit a little sneak peek or not quite well, a little hint well this is like the raiders of lost ark syndrome this is the same oh. accusation that people make about uh indiana jones in raiders of lost ark and mm-hmm. it's the like well he he really makes no difference in his being there or so mm-hmm. like think like things like, it, like the the protagonist does not is not the one who outwits or truly actually achieves much of anything. Mm-hmm. And where where people say that is a weakness of Raiders Lost Ark, and and maybe perhaps then some elements here to turn to Oz. <laughs> I, I would I would I would at least question or argue if maybe it's a strength of the story. Oh, but, okay. And I I could see where you might take that. So maybe we'll expand that more in our spiritual speculation. But I still hate that if you looked into it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that is my tragedy maker before return to us. Uh, James, let's go with you. What's you, the, your least favorite thing? Your tragedy maker for return to us? You, you know, something that I honestly, for me, it was the wheelers. Oh, what? I oh, actually like wow. the wheelers, but okay. What I, about the wheelers? Did you okay. like? I, I love them in concept. Okay. I, I love there them in concept. I love them in the books. I love them in other other you know, illustrations and things that I've seen. And there's that first moment where they come around the corner and, and the one guy, he's got he's got the mask down. Yes. And it's a legitimately freaky moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. And and then I was just like, what? This is where, to Ashley's point, just some, some poor direction choices because like, it's like they needed longer stretches. Like these... We're the Cirque du Soleil guys who could mm-hmm. really move. Yeah, like we, yeah, yeah. They, it's like they're on these cool wheels, and we mm-hmm. never they give them like five feet at a time to move on. And yes, it, you don't. I, considering they had contortionists inside TikTok, they had so much other stuff going on. I, I was like, where where is the cool action where we give them some room to really do some some oh, wheeling? Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're in their own movie later. <laughs> 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 so it's it an opportunity felt, yeah i was like what how did we not how did you have such a cool design mm-hmm. and and with all the other creativity that they had whether it was budget whatever it is a like, it and the one guy they catch i just thought he was weird foppish and whiny yeah yeah oh that it's like so it almost like a joker wannabe, like laughing all the time and stuff. But yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so by the by the time TikTok is just knocking them all down, I was like, thank you, because they just 
it just feels like you wasted an opportunity so just just knock them out they, yeah they, considering they got this. their costumes from like a party city because <laughs> oh my God. like from last yeah. halloween with like the pink yeah. hairsprays like yeah they just raided a party city and just bought last year's halloween costumes i i almost yeah. wish they kept their heads down and it was just them you hear like this motionless yeah. mask creepily talking at you i thought that would have been way more creepy to have just had that but For sure and then maybe yeah. finally when you when tiktok gets someone then you see that it's just a, a normal person and that sort of dispels the fear but the fear stays until that that point but yeah. again i can only rewrite so much of this movie um <laughs> I will say in cinema history, the Wheelers are one of the creepiest characters ever created for me. Oh, okay. Mm. Okay. That's fair. They're pretty creepy. Um, uh, Paul, what was so creepy about this film that you hated it? I'll put it that Basically way, I guess. It, yes. You hit my tragic maker. Is that um, it's, it's un, un, unfortunately how I say this is probably going to go directly against James's classic maker <laughs> is that this was... It's a creepy movie for kids, but honestly, I think this movie suffers the most because it is a very well done, very creepy movie for kids. Oh, uh, okay. Um, you you have people who never read the books, and most people just saw the movie. They're expecting a sequel in that tone, and oh, this does yeah. not deliver at all in any way, shape, or form yes. of a continuation of that movie. Those people that grew up uh, reading the books, that's very fantastical. And this movie does not meet their expectations either. Uh. So this movie, as as uh, how it was made, the director, the, 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 the direction it was chose, it's a very creepy kids movie. And I think that's what makes this movie suffer the most. Now, mm. if you're one of those, unfortunately, you're one of the few people, if you do like creepy kids movies like hey this movie's for you but as far as the mass general audience it's not really gonna meet them where they are or their mm -hmm. expectations and i think this um it it could have been well better received if it was a different tone yeah yeah i could totally see that um, absolutely and uh let that leaves ashley what is the thing you hated most about return to oz Okay, well, I could say that it is disturbing, and it's creepy, and it is a creepy kids movie, and yeah, like it doesn't know where it is, but the thing that I hated the most mm -hmm. was just how much foreshadowing was in this movie, in the real world, to set up an equivalent character in The Land of Oz. Oh, oh I loved it. Between the doctor I Gump, though. and the nurse <laughs> and the weird TikTok static electroshock oh, machine yeah. guy that looks yeah, like yeah. TikTok. And I'm yes. like, this yep. is the random pumpkin that she gets on Halloween. I did not care for that. And this all bleeds to the whole, like, is it a dream? Is it not? But exactly. Continues. It's supposed yep. to be. That's on purpose. And I do not like that because it did. <laughs> that was one of the few things that it shared with the original Wizard of Oz is that that movie did it. The books don't do it. Mm -hmm. And right. the movie doesn't know what it wants to be because it says, oh, you're in this reality. Oz is a delusion. But then somehow the scarecrow sends her this key on a shooting star. And then there's all these equivalent people. Mm -hmm. But then there's real versions of them in Oz and real versions of them in the real world. So does everybody have like a doppelganger? Is it yeah. one of these yeah. like 
multiverses between the real world and Oz, and it's like a parallel universe. And yep. now you're on it something. doesn't it doesn't know what it wants to do, and it like tries to give you does. a glimpse. It, you just said what it wants. I, to I do. don't like it though. It is so frustrating, <laughs> yeah. and it just makes me so mad mm-hmm. because it, it's like stay in your lane, movie. <laughs> stay in your lane. <laughs> are you gonna oh, be? Are you gonna be true to? Are you gonna be true to the source material, Val Frank Baum? Right. Or are you gonna try to make it? into something more contemporary because you're trying to do all these different things at once and you don't know what you want to do. You, you have this yeah. path of doing it and it's it just frustrates. It's a little bit of everything and makes, then it fails It everything. fails miserably. Guys, guys, it does know what it wants to do. It wants to be a horror movie for kids. That, it and succeeds it, That's the only thing that yeah, it succeeds true. at, Francisco, because it is creepy. The first time I saw this movie, I we rented it and I was probably about seven or eight. I didn't mm. read the books until I was about 10. So the first time I saw it, I was just like, what in the Hades? The Wheelers gave me nightmares. Mombi yeah. Headless scared the bejesus out of me. Mm-hmm. The Gnome well, King gave me nightmares be too anyway. because he was all of them were super creepy and I'm like this isn't Dorothy. Where's Toto? Where's all these people? I don't know who all these people are. Tor- Toto turned to sand. Sorry. Yeah, Toto <laughs> turned to sand. But yeah, it tries to do so many different things that the only thing it ends up doing is failing miserably. Yeah. Okay. Well, what right. it does, it, it alienates those who... Yeah. I could see. I, could see I, I feel like you're alienating, alienating all the people that you're trying to introduce this to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Wizard of Oz for the 1980s generation and trying to make it more fantastical. And it's like, well, we want to we want to distance ourselves away from the 1939 musical by kind of being like this darkish kind of comedy. And it didn't do a great job mm-hmm. of all the things that it tried to do. That's fair. I can. Yeah, I, I, oh, I was about to say, uh, Siskel and Ebert both gave it, you know, thumbs down and and listed as one of the worst movies of the year. I'm but not surprised by that. Honestly, I think this movie came out about ten years too early, uh, yeah. or at least because before the culture really started to get into the dark stuff, like the mm-hmm. Dark Knight and everything. I think it would do really well with those audiences rather mm-hmm. than when it came out in the mid eighties. Mm, yeah, that's like fair. late nineties, early two thousand. It probably I wouldn't say even then. I think not even then. Like you think of the last 90s, early nineties because like Tim Burton's Batman post, is post dark Ed, and, Edward Scissorhands. Yes, yes, post exactly. Beetlejuice. Post. Well, and, and, and what you were saying about all these things that go against being thrown against the wall, I think that's an accusation that a lot of Tim Burton movies get too. Right. Like, oh, like yeah. Batman Returns is trying to tell, is trying to be a Christmas carol with, right. and, and try and trying to also ape some things from Plan 9 from Outer Space and tell a Batman story, but also Catwoman. And yeah. that's one of the complaints is that it's throwing all these different things against the wall. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I love it. But it's certainly not for everybody. Exactly. Yeah, right. The people that love it are going to love this movie. And the people that exactly. get frustrated mm. are probably going to feel similarly to those who... Like who, alienated almost? Betrayed. Yes. Betrayed. Alien- oh, betrayed. You know what? Yeah, yeah. betrayed. The culture wouldn't have got to the dark place if it weren't for the Tim Burtons and the Return to Oz movies. You know, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, sure. and I get that. Like, the, And the thing is, like the source material that it takes from, like Al Frank Baum didn't believe in like sugarcoating things for children. Mm-hmm. He wanted them to know what fear was and let yeah. them know like, yes, there are scary things. There is such thing as good and evil. Yeah. And things that happen in the Oz series across the 14 books, there is evil. There are terrible things that happen. Yeah, right. And monkeys might fly out of my butt. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, Paul. Yeah, I will say, of course there's evil. Yeah. I forget if it's, I want to say it's GK Chesterton that said this, but maybe Lewis or some, some other older author, but that it's, 
you don't want to tell kids that monsters don't exist. You just mm-hmm. want to tell them that they can be defeated or some, some, I'm paraphrasing wildly. It's something like that though. Mm-hmm. And I think you're right. That is, it is mm-hmm. important that you have, you have, you have stakes, you have uh, meaning to, to either death or pain that can lead to a greater redemption or restoration. Otherwise, if everything's just hunky dory all the time, then there's nothing to strive for. Or it's just like, well, this is great, but my life sucks. So I have nothing to hope for. So anyway, uh, now let's see if this movie sucks in our minds. Let's get to, to our uh, final reign for Return to Oz. Firing solution complete. Rating salvo at the ready on your mark. All right, time for the moment of truth. Do we rate Return to Oz, a classic? We'd recommend anyone go see this movie, whether or not they've seen it before. A nostalgic, if you've seen it before, yeah, definitely give it a rewatch, find it on Disney Plus or somewhere else and uh, and, and watch it. But if you've never seen it before, uh, stay away, watch Wizard of Oz again or or something else. Uh, or is it a tragic? We'd recommend no one see this movie. If, you, if you've never seen it before, keep, definitely keep it that way. And if you haven't seen it before, don't sully any good memories you have of it with a rewatch. So let's start with uh, James. What is your huh. final reign for Return to Oz? All right. Well, I predicted nostalgic. Mm-hmm. But as I yep. was jumped on, jumping on to Disney Plus to see, to find it and watch it, Mm-hmm. getting a glimpse at the other family friendly shows or the kids shows that are on there and how much junk there is out there. <laughs> <laughs> Not exclusive to that channel, but, but you know, yeah, um, yeah. if the shoe I, fits, <laughs> I expected nostalgic, but I looked at it this way. Not just what I thought of it, but would I want to show my God kids this movie when they're mm-hmm. 10 or 12, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. Is this like something like, would I think? And, and it's like, I'm going with classic. Oh, I think wow. It's a okay. Show. I, I expected nostalgic. I expected uh-huh. like, yeah, it has flaws, mm-hmm. but I think that it's still like looking back, I still think it's head and shoulders above a lot of family friendly crowd. Okay. I think you gotta, yeah, you gotta yeah. pick the right age. Yes, sure. absolutely. Like, yes. Whereas other movies for me, like, like 1985, the original Fright Night came out. Mm-hmm. Boy, that's tragic, but, um, <laughs> oh, okay. But I, I love might, Fright Night, James. What are you saying? Yeah. <laughs> I just like some 80s movies. This is don't even hold better. Like, <laughs> this one I would want to show to uh, the appropriate aged young people kind of grow yeah. up and watch yeah, yeah. a spooky movie. Especially um, if they're into like fantastical elements, I would say for sure. And I think they would enjoy some of the things like the practical effects. And, like, I, yeah, I think the right yeah, yeah. age is going to enjoy a lot of the stuff we talked about in our likes. So mm-hmm. I, I'm going with classic. All right. I know I'm going to be very the minority. Fair. There you go. Very fair. Ashley, uh, classic for you. No. <laughs> Classic well, would be a few steps too far. Okay. Um, watching this movie, I initially, before watching this movie, I instantaneously said tragic, just based off of everything that I remembered and how it just wanted to do all these things and how I felt like it just failed miserably on every account. I desperately wanted desperately wanted to find something redeeming in this movie that would somehow sway me. And I got so close to rating it nostalgic. So close. But at the end of the day, it is tragic. And so it (laughs) shall remain. Um, If you want something that is better, more true to L. Frank Baum's books, Uh that 
won't scare the children and give them nightmares and actually has world building and character development and doesn't swap all these things and just cherry pick information, just go read the 14 books. It might take you a couple weeks, but they're connected and they're beautiful and they're fun (laughs) and they're in public domain, so they won't cost you anything. Oh, that's nice. I like the sound of And they are children's books. Okay, so yeah. keep that in mind that keep, they're not. Keep that in mind, but okay. yeah. they still stand up. And I read them as a, I read them 10 years ago. And okay. I, I want to reread them now because this movie just makes me want to go back to those books because it's just an abomination. <laughs> I need a palate cleanser. I do. And I, I told you, I, and I told you this when, when you said that you were recovering this. I'm like, this movie is terrible. And I need to tell everyone why. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> tragic. All right, all right. Tragic for Ashley. Uh, before I get to uh, me and Paul's reigns, we go out to our supporters at the $5 level on Locals, which is, uh, which is the base level now, um, and get there. We call them our Rewind Republic. We average yeah! all their yeah all their votes together they rate classic nostalgia tragic and collectively our rewind republic rated return to oz a nostalgic film so so far we have a classic tragic and a nostalgic wow paul you had predicted tragic where yeah. did it end up for you um rewatching this i i found myself enjoying it uh more than mm-hmm. i thought mm-hmm. um uh, I, just for the fantasy elements, the story of it. So, I'm gonna I'm gonna rate it a nostalgic because, oh, okay. um, I I I do think there are good things in it. I I don't think it's for people who are who are quote unquote too attached to the the 1939 movie or the books. Or the books. If yeah. you look at it as its own separate entity, its own universe, its yeah. own. Um, then I, I think I like, oh, wow, there, there's some, uh, a little bit of good storytelling in here. I mm-hmm. liked it. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, yeah. So for, close. for me, uh, <laughs> I predicted nostalgic and I think ultimately it, it, it's, it actually comes close to classic for me, but yeah. doesn't quite get there. Honestly, I think, um, what we were talking yeah. about the music, <laughs> if they had had a better soundtrack, I mm. think this could have easily been a a, a classic for me. But let's because- go, John Williams. <laughs> yes, John Williams. <laughs> let's go. Get him to rework the score. Yes. and you got yeah. it. You got an instant classic. Yes, uh, because there you go. and because I'm not. I'm one. Of the, I'm in that group. I'm not attached to the 1939 movie. I I have never read the books. I'll make so it. I feel like this is a good uh, a good film for someone in that class. But some of the a lot of the elements sort of held it back for for me to be to just be at that level like like i said yeah. if the score had been better yeah. if some of the rock animation i thought was funky was a bit better if um <laughs> maybe just maybe if they hadn't if they hadn't screwed up the character of mommy so much and they actually that had, didn't bother me because no, 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 i don't no, no, have no, no, context no, 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 no i'm it. just saying someone someone who's a, a diehard book fan if they had just if they had just changed so slightly and we're a little more faithful maybe just maybe it wouldn't it wouldn't be a complete tragedy because the Uh, thing like i like i will say there's not there are things in this movie that are redeeming Mm -hmm. i don't like hate it it's not the worst movie i've ever seen absolutely oh my is it a bad movie yes it is is it the worst (laughs) movie no No. (laughs) the things that it did well it did it did well it is 
one of the most faithful adaptations of L. Frank Baum. The things that it took from the book and it represented well, it mm-hmm. did well. Feruza Balk is a delight on screen. She was great. The creature work, the puppeteering, the costume design, the set design. There's things that are great, but all the things that I dislike can't sell me on anything all less. Right. It's, it's kind of somewhere in between tragic and nostalgic. Just one tick to the left of tragedy. It needs to be wound like, a little tighter and like it'll be nostalgic. For me, I'm I'm just one tick away from classic. I wish I could go there, but ah, I'm nostalgic. Not yeah. going to happen. You, you TikTok, know, TikTok's little gears can't help you here. Exactly. Go ahead, I, James. I think if Ashley thinks, if you think of it backwards, if you think of it as kids don't read today, they should read more. <laughs> if If we get actually Danny Elfman to redo the score, come on. That's, Ooh, that's yeah. the way it would happen. I'd be on board. That'd, that'd be, be the way to go. Yeah, that would be the way. Yeah, because I mean, because because Tim Burton's Beetlejuice is pretty comparable as far as spooky movie for mm-hmm, younger mm-hmm, people. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yes, and, and far better, uh, better. And and I would say, yeah, get Danny Elfman to redo the score, and I think what it does is it whets the appetite for kids to go read the books, yeah, and find yeah. out they're better. Uh, honestly, it's, 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 it's an entry point movie. That's this is a goosebumps. I will say, <laughs> I read those books too. I will say, yeah. having experienced this movie and hearing uh, like. Uh, Ashley say she's fond of the books. I know Paul read the books and liked them. It does. It, it does intrigue read me books. to re- read the books. Yes. 14 of them, husband. We can read them with the kids. Just read the That's first true. three or four. You'll be fine. Oh, they're good fine. until they're, they're pretty good until about book seven or eight. And then it just kind yeah, of. Yeah, that's where oh, I right. stopped. <laughs> I <didn't laughs> after after the book, TikTok of Oz, it just kind of goes. Ah, OK. Uh, uh, uh. All right. Well, that's fair. It but winds according- down. Uh, it does yeah. wind uh, out. Uh, 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 uh. According <laughs> to the Retro Rewind podcast, with uh, three nostalgics, we rate Return to Oz a disputed nostalgic film. If you've uh, seen it before, check it out again. It's worth to uh, revisit. But if you've never seen it before, just go on to something else. I am curious, though. As just a level set, because some people may be fans of the 1939 movie. I'm curious because I, so you all know where I am with that. What, just between, uh, where would you rate the 1939 movie? What would uh, we Wizard predict of Oz? it would be? Yeah, what would you, yeah, ex- exactly. What would you predict it would be? I predict tragic. Paul, what would you predict? Classic, hands down. Ashley, what would you predict for it? Nostalgic. And James, what would you predict for it? Oh boy. Yeah, probably nostalgic. Okay. Okay. So that's just to help you level set comparing like, okay, am I a fan of a 1939 movie? Okay. Uh, it's not true to the books. Francisco. And Judy I, no. way too I like, old I like Francisco's obnoxious. take on things. I'm going to go with his nostalgic, uh, reign of, uh, return to us. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> enough about that's me. High praise. And, <laughs> and if the people in the chat are, are like the, uh, the, the rad rewinders, uh, they all say classic. <laughs> oh, classic for return to us. Good job, guys. No. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, time to get back to our own time. Good old 20XX. 20XX? We have to go save my mom. Why are we going to 20XX? Because we have to go back to 20XX from the times we come. But we're not going back to base, Paul. So we're just going back to 20XX to restage for waiting for the next riddle from Jared. Jared. Not Jareth. That's copyright. From Jared. (laughs) (laughs) 
Um, but it feels good to be back, but we wouldn't have been able to travel back to 1985 to begin with. Exactly, James. To begin with, if it weren't for our amazing reflux capacitors, namely Deborah Powers, Geek Devotions, Drew of the Cellcast, Ashley Ruiz. Hey, you're right here. Kennethin, Fabulous Lomax, Rosie Lomax, That's Our Bobbo, D. Tungsten, Dale, Mr. Lost, Daryl Hafner, Cool Deluxe, in addition to two other awesome patrons as well. Thank you all so much for keeping the Jigawats coming. And if you want to help us keep flying, uh, you can support us each month and get bonus content for your generosity. Head over to RetroRewindPodcast.com slash support to start. While we're thinking, people, we want to give a big Oz hug to James Harleman and Ashley Ruiz for supporting us with their thoughts on Return to Oz. So going alphabetically, let's start with Ashley. Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? <laughs> Nothing to promote at this time, but you can finally find me most active on Twitter at Ashley Ruiz 1186. Find me where I talk about faith and fandoms. And even the a popular debate on what a popular dinner term is called. Is it beef loaf or is it meatloaf? It's beef loaf. Meatloaf. All the way. Meatloaf won, husband. Doesn't matter. I won the moral victory. You did not. <laughs> I was right. All right. You were And wrong. James, thank you so much for coming. <laughs> Where can people find you online? Is there anything cool you got going on? Uh, well, well, actually, what I have going on right now is a two-month sabbatical, so I'm not going to be online as much. But uh, you can you find a lot of my content. Uh, with uh, co-hosting with the guys at popcorntheology.com. There's certainly mm-hmm. a, a deep well of, of movies I've been able to review with them. And also my original website, Cinemagog. Try to spell it. That's I wanted, to, I wanted to make it so no one could find me. So <laughs> if you can figure out how to spell cinemagog.com, you can check out some old, uh, old written reviews and content and things that I've done on there as well. And I, you can find my book on amazon.com. It's called, believe it or not, Cinemagog. So Whoa, look up James cool. Harleman. It's the only book there, so you can check All that right. out there. And uh, I, often on Facebook, facebook.com slash Harlemanic. Okay. Very good. Very cool. Awesome. Well, thank you again so much, James. And Ashley, my Oz-loving friend Paul, and all you Rewinders, new or old, for another fun voyage. And you're welcome. <laughs> you can find me, pauljpowers.com, at... PaulJPowers.com. Whoa, it's like a website. You can find me on Discord for show announcements or just to say hi. Join us there at RetroRewindPodcast.com slash Discord. This podcast is a proud member of CultureBox, a curated collection of podcasts, videos, and articles that will provide you a balanced meal of content. You will find culture celebrated for its past and future, satirized for its extremes, explored in study, and created anew in story. Point your web browser to culturebox.media. There's a fifth person here? Where'd that voice come from? (laughs) Anyway, he's right. Now we're part of the Culture Box Media Network. Find all the shows unpacking truth through story, comedy, and geekery at culturebox.media. And with that, Captain, it looks like we need to wait for the next riddle to unlock. Thank you, Exo, and thank you all for listening. We pray you are more joyful today than when you first hit play. But like a Pokemon, we gotta catch you all for the next episode. Once we figured out what that is, help us in our ship's log to figure it out. 
the next episode of the Retro Rewind Podcast. Fourth dimension of doing mission complete. Decoding next riddle. You are P-Ship's logs. For more details.